It's now time for Women on the Waves, a show focusing on issues affecting women, here on Christchurch's Community Access Station, Plains FM. Today on Women's Lives, Women's Stories show, I'm speaking to Rebecca Harford, founder and owner of Adapted Yoga and Pilates in Christchurch. She is also a teacher at Adapted. I met Rebecca about three months ago. I usually dread initial consultations where I go over my health history as I've had chronic health conditions spanning years. But with Rebecca, it was easy. I felt completely understood and gotten without going into lots of details. Rebecca's business is now five years old and she has a broad experience of health and fitness, broad experience in the health and fitness industry. I'm talking to her about her experience of being a woman in this industry. Kia ora and welcome Rebecca. Hi, how are you going? Very good, thanks. And you? Very good. Wonderful. Very good. So you're in the health and wellbeing industry. Were you always very active or did that come gradually? Yeah, so I was what you would call a tomboy growing up, mm. desperate to play rugby, but I wasn't allowed to because I was a girl. Mm. And then my little brother got forced into playing rugby. But yeah, I've always been out and about, outdoors, loved health and fitness, played sport. I think I played seven different sports at high school and wow. represented Canterbury in them all. So, What sports? Uh, rugby, volleyball, touch, athletics. It was rock climbing, yeah. you yeah. name it, yeah. if it was active I did it so it was really cool yeah. very very lucky yeah um and then I did phys ed at university mm-hmm. so that was an amazing experience probably not the best investment of time or money um because well it's not really a, you know, a degree that you get a job out of at yes. the end of it I guess yes um but it was amazing in that we got a lot of practical experience and it was just great to meet like-minded people, I guess. They only take 200 people a year and it was awesome. And then from there I went over and worked on cruise ships for three years so I actually got to practice what I learnt and it was literally being thrown in the deep end because you just get a gym and a mm. space and then you just get told to run it and try and make money from it really at the end of the day. So yeah. yeah. And what led you to starting your own company? And developing the yoga and Pilates. So essentially, it was breeding. Um, so we found it really hard to get pregnant. It took us five years to get our first child. And so I thought I was working in a corporate health um, environment at the time. So I kind of thought, I don't want to do that anymore. So after I calculated the difference between the cost of going to work as yes. a woman... Um, it wasn't actually worth it. I'd only get about $200 at the end of the week. So I thought I can do a couple of classes in my garage and get to be a mother, which is kind of hard to balance, I think, mm. working a full-time job. So just started a few classes. Everyone thought I was absolutely insane, including my husband. Why did they think you were insane? Well, I just don't think... I don't know. Just... Why are you doing that? It's completely out of the box. How can something like that succeed? Do you think it was the risk factor? Well, there was no risk. There was We invested $37 on carpet <laughs> and $30 on mats, and that was it. Uh, I did some printing of some flyers of my own off the photocopier, and mm. that was it. Mm. Um, 
I think because it was so early, so my daughter was two weeks old when I started putting it together. We ran our first classes when she mm. was six weeks old. They were free, but... But obviously you'd been thinking about it during the pregnancy. Yeah, I think it's amazing how much you change, I think, when you do become pregnant. So we because our infertility was for so long, I'd actually changed my whole mindset. I set myself up of, okay, so I'm not going to have children. This is what my life what do I want it to look like? And then getting pregnant was a surprise again. And mm. weirdly enough, it completely changed mindset. It was quite a hard ground to go over because you thought I thought my life was going one way and then it went back the another and then back into another direction. And I think there's yeah, multiple reassessments. It's huge. And I think as a woman, because it's such a core thing of not only what we expect of ourselves, but what society expects of us, and therefore your employers and that side of things, it makes it quite a complex mm. place to manoeuvre. Mm. Um, so, so did you have other role models? that? Um, so I'm really lucky in that my auntie and uncle are very entrepreneurial um, and their kids are, so my cousins and so my one of my older female cousins is just amazing so she runs the farm, she has the kids she's running her own business, she's setting up other businesses and just to think that a normal person can do that was mm. pretty amazing So um, while there were people around that thought the idea is crazy, you also had other supports yeah. that were like well go for it do yeah. it oh it was amazing because even from as soon as you get, become pregnant people stop looking at you as a professional so I remember going to many engagement parties and things and the men would be talking to the other men around me and just not even ask me what I did for a job and how much do you earn even though I was out earning every single one of those men even when I was pregnant um, it was quite a weird change for me because I always felt always on the same footing until I got pregnant and it completely changed everything Interesting. Um, and it was even so my husband joined the business a year ago and it took until that happened for our friends to even ask me about what's going on you know you normally ask about work but it was just a kind of just a funny little thing that I was doing on my own and yeah so did you feel in your friends' minds that it was somehow more legitimate because your husband was involved. Completely. Mm. Yeah. As soon as there's a man involved, it becomes a business. When a woman is running it herself, it's a hobby. And that's exactly how I felt um, for quite a long time. Though some of my family were amazing. Um, My auntie and uncle, every time I saw them, they were just great. And Mm. I have a, I call her my fairy godmother of an auntie who's been coming to classes right from the word go and she would just come and have a cup of coffee with me and yeah it was pretty awesome that support because I don't know when when your friends and your social circle and even when your your partner's not that sure about what you're doing Mm. it can be quite challenging Mm. so were there any other ways that you felt discriminated against in business or financially when setting up the business like you said people related you differently when you were pregnant were there any other ways um I don't think so Uh, I think it was more that kind of social thing um when you set up a business in New Zealand no matter who you are we just have so much support the IRD were amazing ACC bent over backwards for us it was just awesome if you ask for help there's just so much help out there and there's just so many 
Um, in our industry, it's a really open industry, so we have a lot of professional supports with each other. And if you just reach out to some of the bigger businesses when you're starting, people honestly stop and help you out. And yeah, so I think that part is like professionally everything's amazing, but I think it's still that social stigma of, well, you've got kids, you can't work properly, and mm. yeah. Mm. I want to ask you about uh, in the health and fitness yep. industry. Uh, there's a lot of women struggle, do struggle with their self-image and definitions of beauty and weight. What are your experiences around that? It's such a complex beast. Um, I've had some of the most beautiful women that you could ever imagine come in and cry about how they feel that they look and they're just immaculate. There is nothing that I could even imagine that they could change. So having those experiences is really completely changed my perspective because obviously as a woman and having so many changes with my own body we have what we would expect we should look like versus how we do look and I think it's a really rugged place to work in because we can't dismiss people's perceptions of themselves Mm. I often wish that people could see themselves the way that I see them um, because at the end of the day there's some things that we can't change. I mean, I've been in the industry for over half my life. When I first started, we were making bums smaller. Now we're making bums bigger. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like, it's the complete opposite. It's just that what is beauty on any given day. Yeah. So So you've seen the changes in society over time about what's beautiful for women. It's huge. And different cultures, because I've worked in lots of different parts of the world, it's been amazing to see... You know, the genes actually are made differently. They're made for big bums versus in New Zealand. Sometimes you can't get your bum to fit in the jeans or the thighs. So it's literally very cultural, I think, I as hate well. Buying trousers <laughs> in New Zealand. <laughs> That's my the bane of my life. Trousers. <laughs> and I'm a midget, and you're nice and long. So, yeah, it's just yeah. it's the waist hip bum ratio. Yeah, and what is size? Mm. You know, even for kids, like, everything is just such a odd number. It doesn't mean anything. Mm. And I think we look at the scales too often as women, especially if you have hormonal issues, you can go up and down six kilos in a day, mm. and that's completely normal. There is nothing wrong with that. Mm. I think what we need to do a little bit more of is actually, if you want to assess how you feel or look, you need to take in more information. So looking about how your clothes feel or Mm. what your measurements might be or your capacity. I think for women we forget that we need to be physically strong to feel strong. And once you start feeling physically strong, your body will resemble whatever it needs to resemble. If you look at all of our top sportswomen in New Zealand, they come in different packages, but they're so incredibly strong. Absolutely. And I, I have an image. There was a sportswoman I saw that just exuded strength. Yeah. And it wasn't her shape or body, but that strength. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And I, th- I think you've answered what I was going to ask that because on a reading your business website, that kind of embracing all bodies, uh, all sizes, this is for anyone. Um, is that how you counter what you see as these negative? perceptions women 
Yeah, and I think the hard thing is that there's always going to be spaces for people that are fit, that are strong, that are confident enough to wear their bikini tops in a class, for example. But there are so many more people that will get benefit that they may only have one arm or they may feel that I can't even fit on a yoga mat. How can I do that class? So we have so many physical differences um, and they're the people that actually need to be doing yoga and Pilates more so than the person that's already got the six pack and the beautiful arms, if that Mm. makes sense. Mm. Um, Yeah. Definitely. Okay. Um, I do know you have a girl and a boy. Yep. What have you noticed any gender differences in raising boys and girls? Hugely. Um, my ideas <laughs> was that I was going to be very gender neutral and I didn't have a choice. Um, obviously, when a child or a human being or whoever you are is born and they have their own personality. Mm. And I honestly, I really now. I don't think that nurture has a huge <laughs> part of it. Is that what you mean, that you didn't have a choice? They they evolved they, their own personality? Yeah. yeah. Um, Jack would just brim dolls along the ground and Sophie would pick up trucks and cuddle them like a child. So there was just no rhyme or reason. They just are who they are. And I was thinking a little bit about this earlier is when I was growing up as a female, being really physical active, it kind of made you like a tomboy and it kind of threw you into that kind of skew whereas now with my daughter she has fluoro pink hunting jerseys and everything's very girly it's kind of encouraged to look great and participate in outdoor sports or do more masculine type activities I guess Um, my only concern with that is that there's still this expectation that we still have to look great whereas a man can be unshaved and hairy and stinky and you know yep. you still look at the fishing programs they're still blonde they're slim mm. and it's great that there's women getting out there but maybe we need to change that role modeling a little bit but mm. yeah it's interesting that term tomboy because it's sort of when i hear it, i think it's saying the girl is unusual yes it's saying she's not like a typical girl she's more like a boy yeah, and that's the term you used about yourself. Hugely, yeah. and that was kind of the expectation was it, you kind of drive yourself because that's where the stereotype lies. But uh, I, I guess now things have changed. You know, It's only 30 years, but things have changed on the head a lot with expectation and role modelling. I just worry that with things being really kind of... Oh, what's the best way to explain it? Just because you like boy stuff doesn't make you a boy. You're just mm. a girl that likes blue stuff, yep. I guess is the easiest way of saying it. It doesn't change what your sexual sexuality ne- necessarily is. And I think sometimes with these younger kids, because it's so open, they may not have an understanding of that. Because mm. um, I find with some of our sports, there has been that kind of trend and there's that expectation whether you want to or not. And I think that's something that we really have to work on um, within our sporting codes in New Zealand. Do you mean uh, opening up a range of interests and styles and... Yeah, hugely. Can you say more? So I think... um, So it was kind of like if you played rugby, it was expected that you can't be a straight woman playing rugby. Ah, I get what you mean. For example. And if you 
play rugby you don't go out into town looking nice you wear a shirt and jeans or your shirt and a skirt so that it goes with being macho so yeah i've just seen the fabulous documentary she shares about female sheep shearers in new zealand um, and that's such a male-dominated industry, and and the women are rare in it, and um, there's no separate competition for men and women. They all compete together on the annual golden shares. Um, and then I saw a snippet of them, the five key women, uh, the sharers being interviewed, and they were all dressed up in makeup, and one of them was saying somehow people think you can't you just because you're sure you have to be like that you can't enjoy dressing up and putting makeup on yeah exactly exactly and I think we really have to work on that part a little bit um yeah yeah completely and also vice versa like my son's into gymnastics and dancing as well as his rugby and stuff Mm. so we need to be mindful that that doesn't necessarily make him homosexual as everyone has to say whenever he's wearing nail polish he just wants to we're nail polish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So expand uh, definitions of femininity yeah. and expand definitions of masculinity. Definitely, definitely. So thinking about the feminist movement and any era, you know, the suffrage movement or the 70s where our mothers got more options and work um, and even third wave um, feminism with Me Too, how do you see feminism has impacted your life? I think it's created a huge amount of opportunity, which we should feel lucky for every day, Um, especially in a place like New Zealand. We have so much equal opportunity. Um, And just to be able to do the things that just, it wasn't, it was never a no, there was never a barrier. Um, I do worry a little bit about the expectations that we create and that. Meaning? So we still have the previous expectations of yes. running a household yep. and being mothers and being wonderful wives or partners shall I say and also and then the additional ones having a career and looking fabulous and being able to have your own time and that side of things I think is a little bit of a concern mm. um, and I think it's something that our next generations after us will probably look at rebalancing out again mm. um, and I don't think it's just mainly for women either I think we have a huge expectation on men now you know there's not many men that only work 40 hours a week and they're still expected to come home and chip in around the house and look after the children and I wonder we are doing a lot but is it for the right reasons if that makes sense the term that comes to mind is burnout. Yeah. Um, for both people. Yeah. yeah. Um, for men and women. I read something in the newspaper in the weekend, just a lot of women anonymously talking about um, a lot of frustration and resentment about housework yeah. and childcare and uh, the expectations, often unspoken before children came along. Uh, disappointment, lack of partnership. How how do you manage that with um, having a business, um, working with your husband, having two children? It's been quite a journey. So we started off when our relationship started. Um, I actually quit my job to follow him for his career. Um, so I had two whole weeks off work and it kind of set the whole scheme for the relationship of that I was... He has this big stressful job and that I would always 
pick up the reins on mm. that side. And then when I started developing my career, that never changed. Um, so that was quite interesting. And even though our roles have both changed, there was always that understanding or silent expectation that I would do it. And as much as you think, well, I'm just not going to do it anymore, it still needs to be done. And I think as women, maybe we don't realise how strong we are and that we, it is just part of our nature that we just get things done. Um, I haven't met many women that can just leave things to not get done. Mm. Um, and I think that can be part of our issue. I was also a bit of a martyr when I was younger, so I was quite good at doing all the work and martyring myself and then getting a bit cheesed off about it. With and what shifted? Well, when Jeremy started in the business, it kind of changed his understanding of what actually goes on in the household, I think. So we've literally changed. So he's working three and a half days a week and doing a majority of the childcare at the moment. And I'm working about 60 to 70 hours a week. I still do stuff um, because that's part of my role as the team. But I think what's changed is when you both have a separate career, it's competition. As much as you don't realise it, I think you forget that you're both mm. working towards the exact same goal. Yeah. And when you're both actually literally physically <laughs> working for the same goal, it makes that juggle different because otherwise it's kind of like, but my job's more important. Why should I have to go and do the school pack up early? Or, yeah, I see what you mean. So, mm. yeah, it's been a really interesting journey. I think also we've been quite lucky in that other friends of ours have been going through that kind of swap of roles um, so it's kind of a little bit more accepted um, but when I grew up my dad was a house husband for mm. a majority of it mm. um, and my mum had a career so I don't think it's a new th- concept uh, but we may just it may be just a bit more common now finding ways to navigate it yeah 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 finding balance and I think the most important thing is just being a team mm-hmm. with anything mm-hmm whether it's the kids or the household or work or mm. travel. <laughs> Just want to finish off with what do you like about being a woman? Ah, oh, it's awesome. <laughs> There's just, we get to have so many different dynamics and we're such beautiful creatures. Like, there's not many women when you actually look at them walking down the street that you just don't think, wow, she is beautiful. Like from the inside out most of the time you can just see it shining and we're just so blessed to be able to do what we can do with our bodies that our, not only just creating life and sustaining it but just the amount of pain that we can withstand as a woman um, the things that we take on as a normal day to day issue or that's just our life yeah just mind blowing I think yeah we're pretty amazing creatures so yeah I feel very, very blessed. Thank you so much, Rebecca. Thank you Thank very you much. for coming in and sharing your story. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you. Thanks. And we're going to finish off the program with a song chosen by Rebecca, Voices of Youth by Holly Arrowsmith, a local musician and beautiful songwriter. Thinking about my life, thinking about my ways There are too many questions that I don't know 
the answer Breathe in deep and I close my eyes Walk back through the dark and the joyful times Trying to find the spirit of me in there Somehow I lost it but I don't know where In those days long gone I felt you walking next to me Oh please don't leave me with my troubled mind It's company Sever us, my friend. 